Welcome to the Podcast Connector. I'm Christina Rice, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Kelsey Goldstein and Abby Frank. We run the Podcast Connector, a service that connects podcast hosts and aligned guests, like a dating service for podcasts. Each week, we'll bring you behind-the-scenes stories and tips about the podcasting world, while also introducing you to some amazing people in health, entrepreneurship, spirituality, and personal development. If you'd like to get booked on podcasts or get connected with aligned guests, head to thepodcastconnector.com. And don't forget to connect with us on Instagram at thepodcastconnector. Let's dive in. Well, Chelsea, welcome to the Podcast Connector podcast. We are super excited to have you here and dive into all things brain rewiring. It's such an interesting and dense topic, but I would love if you could just start off by introducing yourself and telling us kind of your background and how you got to where you are now, like how you even discovered the world of brain rewiring. Alrighty. Well, thank you first and foremost for having me on the show. I am really excited to be here. And my name is Chelsea. I am the owner and founder of Lady Beta. So I primarily started as a rock climbing coach for women and have recently transitioned into doing more business coaching and then brain rewiring as well. For me, mindset has always been that biggest component. It's always been the thing holding me back in every single area and aspect of my life. So I really wanted to dive straight into brain rewiring because like once I heard about it, I was like, that's my solution. Like I didn't even really learn that much about it. And I was like, I don't, I don't care what it is. That's my thing. That's what I got to do. So for me, brain rewiring, it really allows me to identify these limiting beliefs that we have about ourselves and then to sit there and look at those and be like, okay, is that the thing that I want to continue to believe about myself, my ability and what I'm able to accomplish and achieve in this lifetime? Or do I really want to sit down and rewrite that narrative into something that serves me probably a whole lot better. So brain rewiring has been such an epic part of being able to add that to my business because it really just amplifies all of the work that I'm doing um, in, with my clients and then with myself as well. That's amazing. So I'm curious because a lot of people are getting into mindset work and personal development, but how, in your opinion, does brain rewiring really stand out and set itself apart from just your typical like positive affirmations on their own or I don't know, just trying to be in a high vibration state. For sure. That's a great question too. So the way that I kind of like to differentiate just mindset work and then there's brain rewiring, I think they can be very complementary. I think doing the two together is really good to do. But Mm -hmm. for me, mindset work is kind of this ongoing thing. These are changes that you're making constantly day in and day out. And you don't ever really feel like they're fixed or solved. Whereas brain rewiring, you'll go into your rounds to brain rewire and you'll realize, wow, okay, I've actually completely gotten rid of that limiting belief. So I don't need to go in for that specific one anymore. So kind of the analogy that I like to use is thinking of a bush. So we have this bush and mindset work is kind of like pruning and trimming the bush and making sure that like, okay, yeah, it's like looking good, but you know, it needs upkeep. It needs somebody to actually take care of it all the time. Whereas brain rewiring, you're like, okay, well, let's just take this bush and we're actually going to repot it and replant it where it's going to thrive and it can be itself and it doesn't need the maintenance all the time. Oh my God. I love that analogy. Yeah. I mean, that's all really fascinating. I have to say, I just started diving into brain rewiring and like, I've been familiar with the process for a while, but it's been a little daunting to me. And I think it's interesting because I feel like in, in concept, it's actually pretty simple, but doing the actual work is difficult. If that makes sense, it brings up a lot. And so if you could just go ahead and kind of like break down what that process typically looks like, I think maybe people could start to visualize how how it would look if they decided to implement it. 
Right. Yeah. And I totally feel you too. I'm like, <laughs> it's simple in theory. And then you sit down to do it. And I think it's this, like, we know that's the thing that's going to bring up so much stuff for us. And then that's why there's that resistance there is because right. you're like, oh my God, this is going to change my life. Am I ready for that? You know, your ego is like, actually, we'd, we'd rather just stay here. We're good here. Um, and in reality, you're like, no, we're not good here. This is why we want to do this in the first place. But with brain rewiring, <laughs> there are so many different components to it. So you have your meditation rounds. That's just one small piece of it. There are also a lot of other aspects like shadow work, inner child healing, you have trauma healing, you have thought shifting. So there's all these different components that come together to create the brain rewiring process. And for me, one of the biggest components is thought shifting. So really going from this place of poor me, why did that happen to me to like, it's such a challenge to then take radical responsibility of everything that's happening in your life and really flip it around to be like, okay, why did this happen for me? What are the lessons that I meant to learn? Who is I meant to get connected with? And what is this supposed to teach me ultimately? So as that being part of the brain rewiring process, like all of those components together, that's what really allows you essentially to change your entire life. Um, it's not any, in my opinion, any one thing. Whereas I do think that the rounds and sitting down to do the meditation, which is around an hour every day, that's probably going to be the most time consuming part. And for me, I was like super resistant to it at first. I was like, there's no way I can <laughs> possibly sit down for an hour. Um, but that's part of the process is realizing like, why can't you sit down for an hour? You know, what's, what's wrong with the silence? What's wrong with not feeling productive? And those are all of the thoughts that ultimately you're going to go into rewire in the first place. Oh yeah. There's always something to peel apart when those pop up. And I think that's a good point too. And I think that's why there's so much value in having a coach or someone to work with, because again, it's not like if someone lays it out for you, it's pretty clear and it's pretty simple, but holding yourself accountable and allowing yourself to go through the shit that's going to come up is a big commitment. It's a big commitment. It's huge. It's huge. I don't even know if I would have honestly done it or stayed accountable if I hadn't been in a big group that was also doing it because like, it's hard, you know, and sometimes when things get hard, you're like, eh, I'd rather just not, um, or if you <laughs> don't have anyone to verbally process things with, you know, inner child healing, trauma healing and shadow work can bring up a lot of stuff for us. So not having anybody to soundboard, sure you can journal, but then you're just like, okay, those are my thoughts and you don't have anybody to be that mirror <laughs> or reflection for you. It makes it really challenging challenging. Yeah. hundred percent. So what is something that you wish you knew before you started the brain rewiring process? Ooh, I love that. Um, something I <laughs> wish I knew is what I was going in for. Um, the things that I wanted to rewire for myself were super shallow. Um, I was like, totally like, this is not going to crack me open. I, you know, I'm ice cold. I'm totally fine. I don't have any trauma to heal. Um, and I was like super wrong about that. Um, I kind of described this to my clients like, okay, you know, this program, it's going to be pretty intense. You know, I'm here for you, but it is kind of that, like you're crying in the bathtub, like curled up in a ball <laughs> mm -hmm. type of crack you open. And if like, you are not willing to go there, then maybe this isn't right for you right now. Um, so I guess I just didn't know how much it was going to crack me open, but I'm actually kind of glad that I didn't because maybe I wouldn't have done it in the first place then. <laughs> and yeah, those things that I went in for. So for me, um, I mentioned, I worked primarily with rock climbers in the beginning. I really wanted to improve my athletic performance. So that's one of the things that I went into and little did I know it's like those onions, you're just peeling back these layers. And I was like, wow, it's actually so much deeper than that. It's not just yeah. like this thing that I thought it like, 
most all of it, when I work with people, what I find is it just comes back to self-worth and what we feel like we're worthy of. And most everything is going to be stemming from that. So I was really, you know, proud of myself for being able to peel back those layers and stay consistent because it is so difficult once you realize you're like, oh shit, that is not my problem. Um, It's actually something completely different. And then to start to like pivot and change towards that. Yeah. A hundred percent. I feel like I see that too with my own brain rewiring process. I'm like, everything literally just comes back to self-worth. Like you either think that you're not worthy of the raise or you can't improve your performance or whatever it is because you don't feel that you're worthy of or deserving of those things. And so I just think it's really interesting. A lot of people maybe have that deep rooted belief and they don't even realize it, that, that, that everything else in their life is tied to it. It's just, and it's not an easy thing to work through for sure, but I do think brain rewiring really lays out the process for you and does it in a way that's going to serve you long-term rather than like you said, just pruning the bush and trying to upkeep it. But I'm curious, um, what is one of either what's a limiting belief that you uncovered that you were surprised by, or what's an unexpected shift that you saw in your life as a result of brain rewiring? Oh, this is, this is really good. Um, So I also always tell people that are going to potentially work with me for brain rewiring, like, this is going to shake your shit up, not just bathroom, you know, bathroom crying, but like, the relationships in your life will change because once you start to notice and actually look at your worth and you start to realize like, oh shit, I'm worth way more than this. You're going to start to really reevaluate the relationships that you have. So friends, family, partners, for Mm me, um, it actually ended up, I could no longer um, essentially like justify or excuse being in the romantic partnership that I was in because I knew ultimately that that was holding me back and it was causing and adding to a lot of these self-worth issues that I had. So I actually broke off a three-year engagement um, to my ex-fiance. And yeah, so it was like a huge life shakeup. But once I realized that I was like, shit, I can't, I can't keep lying to myself about this because you, you do have to take all of that radical responsibility and you're like, okay, well, I'm in this position now and I have two choices and two options. And yep, they're probably both going to be painful, but usually the more painful thing is staying in that comfort zone where you're at right now. So for me, that was a really big one. And, you know, the big limiting belief that was attached to that is I didn't believe that I was worthy of more. I didn't believe that I, you know, was deserving of finding a partner that was my equal out there. You know, I, I, you know, I essentially felt like I deserved to settle in that relationship. Been there, sister. Yeah. We're talking about <laughs> brain rewiring back then. <laughs> yeah. Like when you're younger or a teenager, and then yeah. these beliefs don't get solidified as you get older and older. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think a huge piece of it too, is like you spend so much time with brain rewiring that when those things come up, you can't ignore them. Like once you see them, you can't unsee them. Mm. And you're putting so much time into this that like, when I first heard about radical responsibility, that was even before I found out about brain rewiring. And I was like, how do you just do that? Like, just let that go and do it. And I think brain rewiring really helps you get to that path where you're like, there's no other choice. Yeah, absolutely. And you start to notice too, all of the things that trigger you. And it's like, Mm -hmm. in those moments, you really start to sit back and think like, okay, 
why is this triggering me so much instead of just having that reaction and that reactive response? And for me, that's one of the best parts of post brain rewiring is really being able to be a lot more responsive than reactive because like, holy moly, I needed that as a person. I am way more calm now. (laughs) Um, I used to just be like this little firehead and I still can be sometimes, but, you know, taking that step back and really looking at the situation and saying, what was my role in this, you know, and kind of taking yourself out of the situation, not taking things so personally that's been a really huge shift too. Yeah. I love to say that I love getting triggered because it's so true now, now that I know what it is and I can kind of detach emotionally because me too, I'm a very emotional by nature and kind of just reactive person. Um, I react very emotionally, very quickly, but now I'm able to kind of take a step back and dissect it and be a little more objective with it. And it's just like crazy to see what kind of an impact that has. Um, but I, I love being triggered by things because I'll be like, Whoa, Oh my God, that's a trigger. But why? And then I start thinking about things in my past that I literally have repressed for like 15 years. And yeah, (laughs) I mean, some people might not find that fun, but it's just like, you get kind of addicted, at least for me to the transformation. And like, once you start to see it working in your life, you're like, this is like the missing key to so much that I didn't even know existed. It so is. Yeah. I had this situation the other day um, where somebody at the climbing crag was like yelling at this dog and I was like super triggered. And I was like, oh my God, that's because that's what my dad used to do when I was younger. And I always felt like I was doing something wrong. And I like literally hadn't put it together up until that point. And I was like, oh, now that I see those dots, it doesn't feel so bad. And I'm able to like, just like move on from that. And sometimes we don't even necessarily need to fix things after that. It's just being able to see those connection points is super empowering. Oh, absolutely. I'm the same way too. I feel like my dad used to really get upset over literally spilt milk. Like I would drop a glass on the ground and his reaction was so big. And I've noticed that with my partner, sometimes I'll, I'll drop something. And before he even says anything, if he's even going to, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Okay. Like, I'm so sorry. I won't do it again. And he's like, why are you getting so defensive? And I'm like, Oh no. We think of Christina too, because she's always like, what's your relationship with your dad? What's your relationship with your mom for everything that comes up? And I'm like, it seriously is so true. But on that point, if you could, just because some of this might be jargon for some people, um, could you give an example of, I mean, you kind of covered limiting beliefs already, but shadow work and inner child healing, could you kind of break those down for us? Yes. Okay. So these two, in my mind, anywhere, they're pretty linked. So we'll start with inner child healing. So this is essentially going back to your childhood. And I'm not saying, you know, you had a terrible childhood or anything, um, but all of us have trauma from our childhoods. You know, we are not our parents. We cannot be loved the exact same way that our parents want to be loved, which is, you know, generally always the way that we're going to give love is the way that we want to receive it. That kind of goes with the five love languages. So just kind of like checking that part of it, but going back to your childhood and really looking at when were the moments that shaped me and could potentially now as an adult be having an effect on me still. So for me, I'll give a personal example. I am the oldest of four children and we're all relatively close in age. So I babysat a lot. I was, you know, had a lot of responsibilities from a very young age. So for me, yeah, like, yes, it's great. I'm independent because of that, but I feel this immense pressure whenever I feel obligated to do something. I literally can't. I like, that's the rebel in me. I'm like, nope, don't, don't say 
sign me up for that. I don't want to do it. Don't put me in a box. So for me, that absolutely shows up now as an adult, wherever I feel obligation, I'm like so resistant to it when in reality, it's probably fine. You know, I'm, I'm probably not going to die if that obligation happens, but going back and doing some inner child healing and essentially reparenting yourself or treating yourself the way that you wish you had been parented at that age. So especially we were talking about triggers in those moments where maybe you're crying and you have this really emotional response. How do you wish somebody would have treated you in those moments? Did you literally just need a hug? Did you just need somebody to say, Hey, it's okay, sweetie. Like it's going to be totally fine. Or maybe you just needed some time to be left alone and maybe you never got that. So it really just goes to like, what do you really want in that moment? Asking yourself and then going back, you know, there's different meditations that you can do for that. For me, I find it really helpful to journal. Um, That for me is a really powerful medium writing. And then for shadow work, so kind of, this is like the adult version of it. So the shadow, those are parts of our personality that we repress, we shove under the rug because we're like, oh God, no, don't let anybody see that part of me. We're ashamed, yeah. Yes, absolutely. It's, you know, the jealousy, it's going to be things like greed, like all of these emotions essentially that have this negative connotation to it you know this goes back to when we lived in tribes and you know if we thought we were going to be an outcast in any way that essentially equaled death and our ego still thinks that now it's like oh my god if you're an outcast you're going to die if people don't like you you're going to die you're not going to be part of the tribe anymore so all of these parts of our personality um i have this list it is like the the list of the shitty words that i i give my clients and i'm like okay these are all these probably are all going to trigger you all of these words lazy dumb um you know other ones the greed the jealousy all of those types of ones on there but I give them that to pick out the one that triggers them the most because that's where we're going to start with shadow work so looking at that word and really realizing like where did this come from if somebody called you that why would you be so triggered we can go with lazy for an example um for me I'm a projector and human design. So I would be quite triggered if somebody called me lazy. Um, I don't want to be perceived as lazy. That's something that would I'd be like, no, 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 I'm not. I'm productive, I swear. Um, <laughs> so when you go in to do this shadow work, you're really looking at, okay, yes, this word might have a negative connotation, but what are actually the good aspects and qualities of this word as well? So maybe when somebody says lazy, it doesn't necessarily have to mean lazy. Maybe it can mean, wow, you have healthy boundaries or wow, you really prioritize your time and your energy and where you spend it. So Mm -hmm. it's really just doing a lot of thought shifting around that word specifically so that it can stop eliciting this emotional response from you when somebody might call you that. I love that activity. And it sounds scary as hell at the same time. I just imagine myself with that (laughs) shit being like, oh shit, oh shit. But the thing is when you have an emotional response, that means there's stuff to unpack there. So I think that's actually a really clever idea. (laughs) It could bring up a lot to dig through. Yeah, I'm like, this list is not to make you feel bad, I promise, but sometimes you just need some words on the paper, and it's like those crossword puzzles where you're supposed to find the couple words that, like, stick out to you. It's yeah. like a sore thumb, mm-hmm. you're like, that's my word. I need to do that now. It's funny that you me mentioned too. the older child thing, though, because that actually did trigger me, and I, <laughs> anyway, I'm an older child, and I I had never even put it together before, but I, I too, kind of, like, when people tell me I have to do something and the choice is taken, feels like it's being taken away from me, even though sometimes it's not like I suddenly freeze. And that's just, it's also because as the oldest child, I felt so obligated to do all these things. And I felt like I was compromising my freedom. And I just think it's funny, like, in addition to looking at the words and seeing what what triggers you, just being aware of this kind of stuff and having conversations with other people, you can really build your awareness around 
your triggers and your limiting beliefs that wasn't there before. You don't really need it to always be kind of like a structured system. I think also putting yourself in the presence of, you know, people that have expansive conversations with you is another really good way to just continually keep that process going. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's the reevaluation of the relationships too. Mm-hmm. Once you go through the brain rewiring process, you're probably going to be the expander. So you're really looking at who do I surround myself with? And is this actually serving me? Are these people actually lifting me up? Or am I just the one kind of like trying to drag people up and maybe they're not ready? A lot of growth comes with a lot of release. <laughs> oh yes. Oh yes. So how does that like thought shifting piece work. So if someone looked at that list and they picked that one trigger, what is an example of like what a thought shift would look like? Okay. So let's pick a more difficult one. A lot of my clients, they really note the greed as like the one. Um, I work with a lot of business Mm. clients. So greed and really challenging them. Okay. You know, yep. You can list out every single negative thing about that word. You know, we have examples of that in our country, you know, people that hoard wealth that don't redistribute that do really negative things with that wealth, whatever you want to, you know, make that mean for you. And on the other side, let's think of some positive connotations that greed could potentially have. Okay. The more money you make, the more you can help other people. That's going to be a positive one. The more that you can donate to causes that really matter to you, the more that you're going to be able to raise the vibrations of people around you. You're literally going to be able to help more people with the more money that you make. So right there, you kind of are able to stop looking at it as, oh my gosh, this is such a negative thing. Like I'm going to try as hard as I can not to have this part of my personality show to where then you feel more positively towards it. You're able to actually reframe it and reword it in your mind. And then you're going to be able to show up that much more powerfully. So for me, um, greed is definitely a part of my shadow because I went from essentially living on food stamps to making multiple six figures quite quickly. So for me, I have that, you know, pretty stark contrast. I'm like, I'm not going back to that place. Like, nope, I I like my business. I like (laughs) the amount of money I'm making now. You know, I really feel like I'm able to have a big impact in the world and it just feels really nice not living paycheck to paycheck. We ain't doing that anymore. So for me (laughs) to be able to reframe, okay, instead of showing up kind of scared that I might be greedy or be perceived that way, I've reframed that in my mind. And I know I can donate to other places. I can potentially give scholarship spots to work with me. There's so much more good that I can do when I make more money. And if I show up that way, that's going to attract in the right type of people. And that's not that lack or scarcity energy. Right. And I think that goes back to what you said earlier about worthiness. Like that is a worthiness mindset versus before where you really didn't feel deserving of all of the success that you've worked for. Yeah. Even anything on that list, like if you were saying like you're dumb or whatever, like that's all coming down to your self-worth and what other people's view of you is. It's Mm -hmm. so cool how you can internalize and really just focus on your view of yourself. And it doesn't matter about the external. Yep, absolutely. And it's really hard too, because a lot of these just are perceptions that other people were worried that they might have of us. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times, maybe they aren't based in reality, but we're like attaching all this meaning to it. And we're like, oh my God, they must be thinking X, Y, and Z when it's just, it's, you know, stemming from our own lack of worth in the first place. So, oh, I have a question for you. What then, and this might go a little bit beyond the scope of brain rewiring, but say somebody does have to work on their self-worth and this is going down, like this could be a really long conversation on its own. (laughs) It doesn't have to be, but just what are some things that you would say to someone that needs to work on that? Like, where should they even start? 
This is a great question. I also have a lot of clients that come to me from more traditional therapy routes as well. And I think therapy is amazing. I think it can work really well in conjunction with this as well. But I love brain rewiring because there's so many different modalities that you can include with it that wouldn't necessarily fit under the scope of therapy. Mm -hmm. So for this, I think that trauma healing piece is really crucial. So going back and looking at what are the moments that maybe you wouldn't call them trauma, just like initially looking at them, but that really shaped your entire life and essentially had you go a completely different direction. What are some of those things that might be still having a huge hold on you? And how can you start to look at those? Because a lot of the times I think we just like, we totally like blank them out. We're like, nope, don't want to think about that. Like um, for me, I'll go into an example here is I had one of my ex-partners, I found him cheating on me. And that was like a really painful experience for me. So I was like, I'm just going to block it out. I'm never going to think about it again. I'm totally fine. I'm not going to, you know, deal with this whatsoever, but actually going back into that instance and kind of like reliving in my body and being there and exposing myself to that so much to where then now I can think about it and it doesn't actually feel painful anymore. And I'm able to talk about it and share that with other people. That for me was a really empowering experience because I'm like, Huh, that doesn't have a hold on me anymore. I'm actually able to look at that through a different lens and be thankful for that happening because it led me to where I'm at right now. I literally wouldn't be the person that I am without that happening. And instead of saying like, God, I'm such a terrible person, you know, no wonder they did that to me type of mindset. Now I'm like that needed to happen in order for me to grow and become this person that I am right now. And in order to help so many other women step into their own power as well. So for me, it's It's like, it completely changed that worth question from like, yeah, why did this happen to me to now it's like, huh, why did that happen for me? What was the reason for that? And sometimes it's really hard to see, especially if you're like in the moment. Um, And I always recommend Mm -hmm. that my clients, right when they're going through something, that is not the time to thought shift because (laughs) a lot of the times we can thought shift, like the women that I work with, wicked smart. They're super smart. They're very emotionally intelligent. And a lot of the times I think they try to thought shift too early so that they don't have to process through anything. They're like, oh no, no, it's fine. I know why it happened. And I'm like, no, this is still trauma. We still got (laughs) to do some work on this. Um, So giving yourself a little bit of space after those events have happened in order to go back and then do some work on it. Yeah. You have to feel to heal. And that's a big thing Mm -hmm. with our society is that, you know, a lot of us have been conditioned to just stuff it down. It's going to show up in your life. Like I promise if you do that, it's going to show up later on and it's going to be harder to address then. But yeah, I think that's such a crucial component of brain rewiring and often the hardest, but again, it's like, it's pivotal to actually making the transformation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. A hundred times out of a hundred, if you don't deal with it, like it will come back up in either this lifetime or the next, like, yeah, yeah. Well, let's just gotta feel it. Let's just yep. Deal with- yep. Break the cycle. <laughs> yep. So for your clients, is there any like really awesome success story that kind of sticks out for you? Like the most impactful shift that they had that resulted in X, Y, Z. Yeah. Okay. So I actually just got a testimonial yesterday and I was like really excitedly showing my boyfriend. I was like, look at this. I'm so excited. Like I'm so happy Um, because that was the first group brain rewiring program that I'd done. I'd taken on one-on-one clients previously and prior to that, but this gal, she actually took a fall off the side of a mountain and she should have died. Um, She absolutely was so lucky to have survived. Um, She broke a couple bones, but like other than that, she was pretty okay. And she, 
didn't think that she had a lot of trauma surrounding that incident. She thought she was, you know, had processed, was pretty much through it. She'd actually been through three years of therapy prior to, and she came into brain rewiring. She was a little bit skeptical, I think, but she actually just sent me this testimonial and she was like, wow, you know, three months with you did more than three years in therapy. And this actually brought me to the realization that I have so much more to work on than I thought I did. And I am so thankful for that because that means the process can keep moving forward. So for Mm -hmm. her, one of her big goals too, was she always felt really competitive with women because she grew up with a sister and they were both really athletic growing up. Their parents like put them in sports and kind of like, you know, it's like when you have somebody that's relatively similar to your same age, it's like you're comparing them against each other. Like, oh, okay, well, your older sister's better at this. Like you got to kind of pick up the slack. So she always felt this huge sense of Uh, competition towards other women, which for me, um, I totally used to feel as well. And now I'm like, nope, the more women that do better, the better the world is going to be just overall. And she came into the program and was able to make a ton of friends in the program too. And I just gave her this safe space to explore voicing her opinions because her shadow was being an ice queen. Um, She, her specific (laughs) word was like being called frigid, nothing worse than being called frigid. She wanted to be this warm, open, you know, support supportive person. And I feel like I really gave her the space to step into that so that she could start practicing those qualities with women that were already connected to her. They felt really supportive. So for me, that is just like the most beautiful transformation is like allowing people to be the person that they want to be and feeling safe enough to express those things. That's amazing. Wow. That is insane. I can't believe that happened to her, but Yeah, (laughs) that's such an incredible transformation. And on that note, where can people find you and how can they work with you if they want to? Awesome. So I'm in primarily two places. So the first place is going to be Instagram. I absolutely love Instagram. I have a very cute dog that I share a lot of on my stories. (laughs) His name is Ollie, but you can find me at ladybeta.coaching. And then I also have a podcast. It's called the Lady Beta Podcast. I talk about a lot of things, brain rewiring, business growth, and then also rock climbing training as well. It's kind of just whatever I'm feeling at the moment. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chelsea. This has been a really fun and definitely enlightening conversation. And I think we're all inspired to go do some deep work now. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Go dive in, go get triggered. (laughs) Go get triggered. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode. Don't forget, if you want to get booked on amazing podcasts, or if you're a podcast host and you want to get connected with some incredible guests, head over to thepodcastconnector.com to learn more about our service. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to leave a rating and a review on iTunes. It truly means the world to us. And extra points if you take a screenshot and tag us on social media so that we can see that you're listening. Thanks again for tuning in. Have an amazing rest of your day, and we will chat with you again next episode.